This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're talking about how this is the best time to be alive that it has ever been. And when I'm talking about that, I really am talking about that from a financial standpoint because, of course, this is a show called Money Guide with Mary Stirk. So it does circle around the finances, but your finances are intricately connected with your health and your life. And so it's kind of hard to have a discussion about one without bringing in the others. So we're going to talk a little bit today about why this is the very best time to be alive that we have ever had before. Now, objectively, this has been a rough year for a lot of people. I get that. And I don't ever remember another instance where on a global scale, something has happened that's affected all of us like this pandemic has in this last year. The coronavirus has really tested our fortitude, tested our resilience, tested our pocketbooks, tested our economies. I mean, it's tested everything, gosh darn it. And one of the things that I think is true is that while we're all in this together, we are not all in the same boat. There are so many different stories I've heard. You know, you have some people who have lost loved ones to this tragedy. You have some people who don't even know anybody that's been sick with it. You have some people who have been working at home while trying to help their children attend school remotely. And you have some people who don't have children at home who've been going into their work every day as if nothing has happened because they're an essential worker. So there's, there's no two experiences that are identical throughout this pandemic. And even though we look back at 2020, and this certainly is a defining moment of it, what I wanna draw your attention to is where some things are in our lives right now that really do point to that even with this, this still is the best time to ever have been alive in the history of our world. So let me talk about a few of those things. So first of all, let's talk about life expectancy. Life expectancy right now is something where we're seeing we're living longer than we ever have before. Now the data that I'm gonna talk about is all from Pew Research and worldwide, more than three in every four people are expected to live to be at least 65 years old. And in the US, life expectancies for men and women have increased by more than 10 years since the 1950s. So that's 10 years that generations before us didn't have time to spend with their loved ones and doing the things that they enjoy. That's 10 more years since 1950 that we get to partake in this wonderful life. So. Let's talk a little bit about how that affects your money. For one thing, it means that you need more money because you're living longer. So that means that you have more of a chance of running out if you haven't saved enough. It also means your retirement years are likely to last even longer. So how can you prepare yourself for that in a very effective way? Well, one way is to make sure you still have some of your money invested for that long run, that you don't have all of your money invested in such a way that you're intending to use it tomorrow. 
So having some money in your retirement portfolio that still has a growth orientation, looking for long-term growth, if you're not likely to spend it, say, in the next 10 years, that is something that can help with this longer life expectancy that we now have as part of our normal world. Another thing that I think really a longer life expectancy plays into is life insurance. You know, it used to be that if you had life insurance and it covered you to a certain age, you were probably pretty assured that when you passed away, your family was going to get a death benefit. But that's not really the case anymore because we see people living longer and we see a lot of people are outliving the life insurance that they have. So pay attention to the type of life insurance that you have, but also pay attention to the length of time that that life insurance is likely to last. There are a number of different kinds of life insurance out there. A term life insurance policy is something that has a set amount of years on it. So let's say you had a 20 year term policy that you bought when you were 50. Well, that term ends then when you're 70 and your life insurance is done. And if you're still living, well, that's the good news. <laughs> but the bad news is that your life insurance isn't going to pay anything out. So your term ends when that period of time is up. Now, there are permanent life insurance policies such as whole life insurance or universal life insurance. There's all kinds of different ways that those can be set up, but many of them are only going to be set where your premium is covering you until a certain age. So use this as a good reminder to check those life insurance policies. Take a look at them, look at your annual statements that you get or check with your company and find out if I keep paying the amount of premium that I'm paying, how long is my life insurance policy going to last? Some of them are gonna give you two numbers. One of them might be the number that it's projected to last at current interest rates that they're paying. And there's another number they might give you, which is how long it will last at guaranteed interest rates that they're paying. Guaranteed means that they can't go any lower than that, so they're paying bottom of the barrel interest rates that they're allowed to within the policy. So if you see that your current or your guaranteed age is less than what you think you might live to, I would say you might have a life insurance issue that you wanna delve into. You could contact one of the advisors in my office and have them explain to you what it means and how it works and what you might be able to do to adjust your life insurance to handle the fact that our life expectancy is now longer. Okay, another thing that points to this being the absolute best time to ever having been alive is how our healthcare and our medicine works. So progress in healthcare and medicine is one of the main reasons that we're living longer than ever. In fact, since 1980, these are some interesting things that have come about since just the 80s, MRIs have been invented. And we hear about those all the time. That's very common to be used now. Smallpox was eradicated artificial hearts were developed, and the human genome was sequenced. That's all come about since just the 80s. So other advancements like this are pointing to the fact that we're living longer. And when you think about that and you're living longer, 
One of the things that's also come about as a result of that is that end of lifetime can be extended even if you're not in the best of health. You're not gone yet, but you're not maybe so good that you can handle living on your own. And that's why we've seen part of partly such the rise in usage of nursing homes. So we see people in nursing homes, we see people needing home health care more, we see people needing assisted living at a higher rate than we have in the past. So how does that translate to a show that's about your finances? Well, it translates to the fact that part of your retirement plan does need to be paying attention to what the medical costs might be throughout your retirement, as well as what the potential impact will be for a healthy spouse if you have one person in your marriage have to go to a nursing home. You know, when all of a sudden you have to start carving out 60, 70, $80,000 a year to help pay for the cost of care for someone, that can have a pretty significant impact to your retirement income and your retirement budget. And it can become a situation where your retirement savings begin to dwindle much faster than you ever anticipated them to. So my point with the fact that this great thing has happened with medical advancements is you have to account for it in your retirement and your long-term care planning. Okay, another thing that points to this being the best time to ever be alive has to do with poverty and income rates. So globally, poverty rates have dropped more than 50% since the year 2000, and that is an amazing statistic. In the US, 8.4 million people have risen out of poverty since 2014. Now the sad fact of the matter is that that statistic was moving in the right direction until COVID hit. Now, I don't know what the numbers are today, yesterday, and what they'll be tomorrow because of what the effect of this pandemic is. But what I do know is that we still have it better from a poverty standpoint than we did in the past. One of the things that I can tell you is when you look at history and you look at inflation and you look at the cost of things going up, it's fascinating to see some of the differences. Matter of fact, in 1950, the average wage for people was $3,851. <laughs> now, the minimum wage at that time was $1 an hour. <laughs> Congratulations to Mary Stirk for being named three years in a row to the 2020 Forbes list for Best in State Wealth Advisors and Top Women Wealth Advisors. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about how this really is the very best time to ever have been alive. We've talked about how life expectancy has increased. We've talked about how there's been major advances in medicine and in our healthcare. And we've talked a little bit about poverty and income and how people have up until the pandemic really started to move in a positive direction and out of poverty. So let's talk a little bit about the 
increase in costs from things. I know a lot of people who are listening to this are in their retirement years or approaching their retirement years. So I pulled some information from 1955. So if you're turning 65 right now, then this is really about the time that you would have been born. So kind of some fun things to look back on and say what was different between then and now. The price in 1955, the average price for a house was $9,100. <laughs> now this really goes to talk about the cost of inflation, right? Because for most people, their last car costs more than their first house did. <laughs> if you talk to people who are late into their retirement. And that's why, because houses were $9,100. The average income in 1955 was $4,137. The cost for a gallon of milk was 92 cents and the cost for a gallon of gas was 23 cents. Now, I don't know about all you who are listening out there, but I distinctly remember as a teenager kind of riding around the loop in the uh, city that I grew up in. There was a highway that went through town and then a town square, and we kind of just drove up and down that highway and around the square a lot on Friday nights. And um, we all would pool our money to be able to afford the gas. And if we could afford 2 to $3 worth of gas, boy, we could have a good Friday night. <laughs> So imagine what you could do in those fantastic cars from the 50s with 23 cents for a gallon of gas. <laughs> a postage stamp at that time was three cents. So that's kind of fun to see how much different that was back in the day. A dozen eggs was 61 cents. A 10 pound bag of potatoes was only 53 cents. And then we get into some other kind of fun things like uh, the cost of a home perm. If you wanted to give yourself a permanent was $1.50. A pair of ladies nylons was only a dollar. And my favorite, a package of Oreo cookies, 39 cents. <laughs> so things have definitely changed. And why have things changed? Things have changed because of something we call inflation. It means that over time, it just gets more and more expensive for you to live and to purchase the same amount of things. Purchasing power is the amount of things you can buy with your dollar. And as we go through life, your purchasing power, power tends to get smaller and your dollar doesn't stretch as far. That's because the cost of things go up because of inflation. So how does that translate in terms of thinking this through in terms of the time we live in now and, the, and your retirement money? Here's how it connects. It means that you cannot forecast your retirement money in a flat line. It means that when you're looking out at your retirement, you have to anticipate that costs are gonna rise and you have to plan for it. And so if you are retiring and you have a good income stream, let's say maybe $60,000, $70,000 of income now, in 30 years, sixty dollars or $70,000 of income is not likely to cut it. It's not likely to be giving you the same amount of things because it's not gonna stretch as far. And that's because of inflation. If I look back at long-term inflation, the average of inflation back from, two, from 1913 all the way through 2018, the average cost of inflation annually is 3.15%. And that is from inflationdata.com. 
3.15%. So every year, if we anticipate the cost of living to increase by 3%, it means you need a little bit more money or you're gonna be able to buy a little bit less stuff. So my point is, when you're planning for your retirement, make sure you include inflation in there as part of it or you are missing out on the spending that you're gonna be able to do later in life. Okay, another thing that really helps us become the best time to ever have been alive is where we are with technology right now. So technological advances have really changed so much of how we live just on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, since 1950, so we keep going back to the fabulous 50s, since 1950, new technology has brought us a myriad of things, but some of the most basic things that we use every day are things like credit cards. Those didn't exist before the 50s. It's also brought us the internet, electric cars, and now we're starting to see the rise of artificial intelligence and AI. So things like that, things like cell phones and GPS technology has made the technological advances in our world far surpass anything that could have been dreamed about back in the 50s. One of the most interesting things about technology though is that technology has gotten less expensive as time goes by for many areas. Not all of them, but for many areas. For instance, if you wanted to buy the top of the line television back in the 50s, you would have spent quite a bit of money on that. And now you can buy a television so you would have spent around $250 on that back in the 1950s, which was a huge, huge amount of money to have a top-of-the-line television. Now, if you want to spend $250, you're not getting the top-of-the-line television, but that television that you buy far surpasses technologically the television that you could have bought in 1950. So you're getting way more for your money that you're spending on technology now than ever in the past. So faster, better, saves time, saves money. Those are all things that technology is contributing to now that we haven't seen before. Now, another thing that we see happening that contributes to it being the best time to ever be alive is a reduction in crime. So over the last 25 years, crime has dropped dramatically in the US. Violent crime like assault, robbery, and theft has fallen by more than 51% since 1993. I don't know about you, but that is an amazing statistic. I think that is one of the best things that I've heard in a long time, is that crime has really reduced by that level. But here's something that has risen during that time. We've seen the rise of cybercrime. We've seen people have their identities and their accounts hacked and stolen. So, what can you do from a financial perspective to protect yourself? Well, I highly recommend that you consider having some type of identity theft protection. Whether it's financial identity theft, whether it's through your bank or through your credit card or on something that you do yourself, take it seriously. Make sure you are protecting both your identity and your financial accounts. And if credit is being opened in your name, make sure you know about it immediately in order to protect yourself. Another thing that's happened has been massive changes in the working conditions that we've seen 
people spending their day-to-day -day lives working within. Labor conditions have come a long way since the early 1900s. It's created safer environments, it's created better working conditions, and it's allowed an environment where older people can continue to work longer. So how does that impact your financial future? Well, here's how it does, is because the working conditions are better, we're now seeing people retire from their long-term careers and take part-time jobs that actually help create some level of income for them in their first and early retirement years. We frequently see somebody working in their retirement on a part-time basis, something that they enjoy doing, something that is in a good working environment, and something that creates a little bit of income to help ease the stress on their retirement portfolios. It also helps give them something to go do that they look forward to doing. But because these working conditions have improved, this is now available for people to have either a part-time job or even a second career that's all about passion and fun when they get to their retirement years. That wasn't always the case. That wasn't the norm for retirement planning, even when I started doing retirement planning 25 years ago. But it is now. It's something that we talk about with almost every client is what do you want to spend your time doing when you get to retirement? How do you want to spend your day to day? Are you completely done working? Or would you like to spend time doing something that you enjoy, but that's low stress? or that's a passion project, or giving back through volunteerism. How do you wanna spend that time? And these kind of working environment improvements that we've seen over the last 50 to 100 years contribute to that being a choice, which is what I really love. Okay, so we've talked about a lot of different things about how this is absolutely the best time to be alive. And I think that this is a really good way to think about things as we wind down the year 2020, <laughs> which has been quite an interesting year for many people. It's far from perfect. There's lots of craziness still happening out there, but keep your eye on the positive. And remember that all of these things that I've talked about today are all pointing in the right direction and have helped us move far forward from where we were 50, 60, 70, 100 years ago. So I hope this has been a valuable thing to listen to as you think about how your life has improved over time. And I thank you for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice. You should consult a qualified attorney or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049 and can be reached at 605-217-3555. Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors list includes 10 recipients per state. 
The award is based on qualitative and quantitative data, rating thousands of wealth advisors with a minimum of seven years of experience and weighing factors like revenue trends, assets under management, compliance records, industry experience, and best practices. The award is not based on portfolio performance or client reviews. There is no fee in exchange for rankings. Third-party rankings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation.